should have learned how to pronounce this first hmm. <laughs> i'll take a stab at it elasa hard kombucha and Ooh. the flavor is ginger lemon my husband picked me up a handful of these when we were on our date day at trader joe's a few weeks ago and i was Aww. like mm, hard kombucha i gotta drink that on the podcast yes you do what a good husband i know what are you drinking over there? So I am drinking uh, from Roke Brewing Company, Wawazat. And I think it's <laughs> kind of supposed to be like, what was that, maybe? <laughs> um, but it is a cherry-infused New England-style sour IPA. And Yum. I, I'm not really an IPA person, but this is kind of fun because I am a sour person. And yeah, I was a little worried that it might be like cough medicine e, but it's not. So I highly recommend it. And they're out of Royal Oak, Michigan. So if you're in that area, check it out. Nice. Yeah, I just drank my kombucha and it kind of tastes like medicine, but in a good way. <laughs> like I'm drinking healthy alcohol. <laughs> Ooh. Look at you go, Bev. Look at you go. <laughs> And welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things, the mini-sode. Yes! And we're super pumped about this mini-sode because it's a mini-sode to introduce a series of mini-sodes. What, what? Yeah, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and some of you might be like, gosh, that sounds like cheating. Uh, but it's not because we have some stuff to go over today. And we're going to treat this as like a drink and kind of recap rotten series season one so we can go into season two because i think it was like last week season two was announced and that's going to be available on netflix on october 4th so if you're new here um you might have missed the first i don't know half of the all the episodes that are available out there um but through episodes like 11 12 13 14 25 and 26 we covered season one so what Bev and I were doing was watching the episodes and then um, kind of going back and, and talking about what we thought and how we felt about it. So now we're going to do that with season two. Yeah. And I'm excited to do this in a mini-sode format because I feel like it'll be more organized. Yeah. Remember how I told you I was going to listen to all of our old episodes where we talked about Rotten before we did this? Yeah. Well, I only got through one of them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, I can't do this. We're so much better now than we used to be. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of ambitious and like trying to find all the show notes for this or like sort through it. I was like, how the heck did we talk about more than this? Like, so if you've been around since the beginning or have gone through and braved those early episodes, like, bless you. Seriously, we yes. appreciate that you stuck it <laughs> out with us. <laughs> Oh, but you know what? Before we really get started today, um, I think we do need to mention that our drink sponsor for today's mini-sode is Elise Ferguson. 
And she's at E.G. Brahma Mama. At E.G.F. Brahma Mama. Oh, dang it. That's what I get for trying to just pull it from my memory. But you can find her over on Instagram. She's a fun follow. So go do that. She is. All right. So we'll make sure that we do list out all the previous episodes that we did talk about Rotten in the uh, earlier in the Drink and Farm days. So if you're interested in going back and listening to those, if you haven't yet, feel free. But it's not a requirement in order to enjoy season two with us. Yeah, it's certainly not. And in fact, one of the things we're going to do this episode is just kind of like recap how we feel about season one now that we've had like some time to marinate on it and like learn and grow over the years. So when you go and listen to it, just like keep that in mind. (laughs) So along with the like the mapping of the Netflix series, The Rotten uh, Season One, we'll like map the titles of those episodes with our podcast episodes and we'll also link to the trailer for season two so if you're a netflix subscriber make sure you go catch up on season one um and we'll start digging into season two over the next couple months and we promise we're not being paid to talk about this at all we're just genuinely interested and excited to go through this with you guys Well, I think it's a natural fit for us to just generally discuss because we both really like true crime and Mm -hmm. this is like a true crime food show. Yes. So it like really fits in well with some of our podcast premises also because we do talk about food and Mm -hmm. farming obviously has to do with food. So I don't know. I think it fits. (laughs) I think so too. And if you missed the first season, um, We talked about honey, uh, meat chickens, dairy cows, peanuts, garlic, and cod. Uh, And it looks like in this next season, we're going to get to talk about um, avocados and their popularity and like how we get them from Mexico. And apparently that avocado trade is very violent with local cartels. (laughs) Oh, and you know, if you want to get like a pre-education on that topic, there is a Adam Ruins Everything episode all about that as well. I can't remember what the title is, but it had to do with ruining all the food that you eat at a football game because like they were ruining nachos with guacamole was what they were ruining. (laughs) Adam, you jerk. I love that show, but sometimes, oh man. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, don't take my avocado toast joy from me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. And we'll also get to talk about wine and the wine industry. Yes. And that one is called Reign of Terroir. (laughs) (laughs) I was hoping you would pronounce that because for some reason I have the hardest time with that word. (laughs) Terroir. Terroir. And there's terroir. a terroir. Wow. 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 There's a book I read um, and it's called, oh shoot, my mind totally blanked. Oh, well, it doesn't even matter what the book is called, but they use that word a lot in it. And when I was reading it to myself, I was like, ah, oh, dang it. <laughs> it's hard to like not to look at it and not think like terror or territory or something. Um, but if you just drink enough wine, you'll figure it out. That helps you say it if you drink wine. 
Mm, okay. <laughs> um, but that one's going to talk about a region of France that's in like discord because the, the wine industry is growing so fast, but the growers and buyers are like having it out. So that'll be interesting to watch that one. I was excited to see that there was something on wine. Not that I want my wine to be dramatic. Or <laughs> Can we please have our wine drama free, please? And please, thank you. And thank you. And then there's also an episode um, about sugar, and it's going to explore how the top companies exert their power over farmers, which just sounds awful. And I already am having an emotional reaction, and I'm just like reading a one sentence description. <laughs> and then another episode for season two is called Bitter Chocolate, and it's going to be talking about problems within the chocolate trade with special emphasis on the working conditions for the bean growers. Oh, they're even going to ruin chocolate for us. Gosh right? darn it. Wine, chocolate, avocados, nothing safe. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. So I'm I'm noticing a theme for season two. Um, I feel like they picked more foods that more Americans consume on a regular basis, if that makes sense. Or, or they picked things that are vices. Oh, good point. Because this last one is called High on Edibles, and it's a look at the regulatory issues that are rampant in the exploding legal cannabis industry, particularly regarding ingredients and labeling, which we are always super pumped about learning things about ingredients and labeling because it's important. But all of this stuff they're talking about, and we missed one. The other one is um, about bottled water, which oh, oops. <laughs> I can't wait for Bev to hear that one because I know she has like feelings about plastic. <laughs> well, so I have feelings about plastic, but I mean, and I'm not going to pretend like I'm perfect or anything. Like I just ordered a bunch of my um, like fall. I always get myself a handful of new flannels for fall because mm-hmm. I tear them up so fast. Um, and each one came individually wrapped in a plastic bag. Yeah. And then I ordered three of them. They came in three different shipments. So like, I'm not perfect on the plastic front either, but bottled water just feels like a real special affront mm-hmm. on us because I mean, I already know this and I know that this is what they're going to talk about. A lot of bottled water is just bottled municipal water, which is the water that comes out of your tap. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. like, not to ruin that episode or anything. I have a feeling that that's mostly what they're going I mean, to talk about. <laughs> in the trailer, that's what they say, too. They're like, oh, okay. this water just comes out of the tap. So, yeah, no, I think it that'll be interesting to learn. I hope, well, I hope they touch on some of the psychology of some of this stuff. I wouldn't really, well, I guess I could say that, like, water especially when it comes in a bottle is like a can be like a vice because you see people walking around with those fancy like Fiji bottles or the Voss bottles that are sometimes glass even but it's like you're spending all that money on something that probably came out of a tap so it's almost like luxury items or items that people have vices around is kind of the theme I'm feeling and because America I mean it's pretty rich you know we like we like the nice things in life if we can afford them. Well, I think um, just like as a as a collective whole, we have more disposable income than maybe some other countries and even whole continents do. Yeah, even some of the countries we're getting some of these products from, like the chocolate. Yeah, that's going to be a big one, and avocados. 
So I think we're going to have a wide range of different ways and different lenses we could look at this through. Which I'm really looking forward to. And, you know, I want to go back to bottled water just really briefly because I something just occurred to me. So one of the things that happens here in Ohio is that a lot of people have uh, sulfur in their well water. So, mm-hmm. like, my in-laws, they can only use bottled water for everything that you consume because the sulfur is so high, It their water just tastes like rotten eggs. Right. And I grew up in a house, in our house here, too. Actually, we have really rusty water. Um, and my husband now works for a water company that installs, like, these reverse osmosis type things that can take care of a lot of that stuff. But those systems are not cheap. No, they they're not. super expensive if you want to fix have your one. water situation. <laughs> yeah, we do now, too. <laughs> um, but it... Just getting good quality water in your house can be very difficult, and you got to find think of roundabout ways to do it. And sometimes, just like a filter, like those pure filters, um, that won't even cut it. Especially if the sulfur is really bad, then it tastes like you know you're drinking egg farts, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> oh. So I'm really looking forward to see like how they frame that because it is really interesting. Bottled water is one of those things that's like really necessary in some places, but a lot of the places that I see it. Um, it's not, but you know, I digress. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm super excited for next month when we can start digging into this. And and I think if time permits, and as long as it doesn't make the mini suds drag on, we might do our own independent resource research to like pull in on some of these topics, especially if we're feeling extra feisty about one in p- particular, um, because with all documentaries, you always want to be careful that it's fair and you're seeing both sides of things and that it's, it, I mean, it can be really easy to get caught up in the emotion of it. So taking time to sit back and process and do your own research is very important after you watch a documentary. And speaking as somebody that loves conspiracy theory documentaries, <laughs> <laughs> you definitely got to like take it with a grain of salt. <laughs> Yeah, especially because like I, well, like I said, I reviewed some of our content, you know, when we talked about season one. And then like now that I've like grown as a person and just somebody that's paying more attention to the ag industry, like I genuinely just don't feel the same way about some of it as I used to. And some Mm -hmm. of that is probably just time and knowledge. (laughs) Yes. But another part of it is I'm wondering that as I get older and learn more, I'm finding that the more knowledge I have in general, the less confident I feel that every opinion I hold is like rock solid. Right. And you just things in general can change too um, within an industry that can also affect the way you're looking at it. So it's true. Um, but yeah, so we thought it would be kind of fun to talk through that today. So Bev, what was like one of the main things that really stuck out to you when you kind of went back and re-reflected on all the things that we talked about um, earlier in our drink and farm days? Well, the episode that I listened to was the one about honey. And if you remember, like I had this really personal affront to the fact that honeybees were trucked all the way across the country just to pollinate California's almond trees. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, and I have this like unexplainable personal vendetta against almond milk. I don't know what it is. I can't possibly tell you why I hate this stuff so much. And it's not that I hate the way it tastes because I think it tastes fine. There's just something about it. <laughs> I have some in my fridge right now. Does that just... <laughs> make you feel differently about me (laughs) no not at all no because it tastes good (laughs) yes so I'm admitting that um but I did learn something this year and I learned that the shipping of the bees to California is a substantial part of some beekeepers income so like taking that part out of the equation could be detrimental to some different regions in the country with a you know large population of beekeepers so it's important to see like the whole story of an industry and not just the part where gosh it's so unsustainable for bees to be driven across the country to pollinate almond trees <laughs> yes yeah but at the same time i mean it's kind of neat that we can do that I just Mm -hmm. don't like that it is necessary that we do that. Well, and I think that part of that is because, like, from my my viewpoint, I feel like our ecosystems should be able to sustain whatever it is we're doing in them. But our ecosystems weren't created with billions of people in them either. That is correct. So it's like a problem that... I don't think we're necessarily going to solve in our lifetime. I think you could have just stopped the sentence with, it's like a problem. (laughs) 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 Uh, Okay. Yeah. I thought, um, I kind of agree. I think with almond milk, I mean, I have a love hate relationship with almond milk. I mean, I used to drink so much of it that it gave me kidney stones. So I really like the taste of it, but the fact that we're calling something milk and it doesn't have nipples does kind of bother me too, I guess. If we're yeah. being honest. And also the almond milk that tastes good is the almond milk that they add a lot of extra sugar to it. Yes. And I'm sure that one of the things that we'll talk about in the sugar episode is about how sugar is like basically in everything nowadays and it's slowly killing us all. Yes. I'm full of rainbows and sunshine today. <laughs> you are. I kind of like the side of Beth. <laughs> She's on my level. <laughs> when we talk about food, I'm totally on your level because like yes. food is just, um, I feel like there's a lot of good intentions with um, putting together meals that families can cook at home for a reasonable price. But I think some of the things that we've done and the industry has done has not been in the best interest of our health. Well, it is killing people. Yeah. I mean, I already said that. <laughs> yeah. It's killing people and it, it affects your brain functionality too. Um, what you're eating. Like you can actually manipulate what your brain's doing based on what you're eating. So speaking of almonds, if you're in a crappy mode and don't want to do something, eat some almonds and it's going to jump up your your chemical levels to the point where you can deal with it. I'm not joking. Try it sometime, people. Yeah, Sam's really good at angrily eating almonds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of the things that really stuck out to me, too, though, was that apparently China is, like, the root of all evil. Um especially when it comes to honey and garlic. Like, that is the one thing that still sticks out in my mind. And I don't think that China's the root of all evil, personally. That's kind of the spin that they put on the the information that they presented. Um, but I do think it's important to understand where your food is coming from. 
and not just like, oh, it came from China. This is fine. But also like what the process was for getting it to you and it being prepared. So the thing that sticks out to me the most is the garlic thing because prisoners in China would be peeling the garlic and they would be doing it without gloves on and their fingernails would fall off. And then they would use their teeth. I think I'll remember Ooh. that for forever. I'll remember that probably on my deathbed, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I mean, Ugh. I was just picking out my garlic yesterday because I, because of that episode, I grew garlic this year. Yeah. And I grew enough that I don't have to order new seed garlic. I can use some of the garlic that I grew to replant for next year. So I'm already on like this little self-sufficient garlic path over here. <laughs> yeah. And I don't buy the pre-minced garlic anymore either because of that, because it's the pre-peeled, like pre-minced garlic that it, that's happening too. So if you're buying like the garlic that's whole, you're, you're more than likely okay. I mean, it might still have chemicals all over it, but you know, you can wash it. <laughs> <laughs> so what else from season one really stuck out to you? Well, you know, the chicken episode, like because mm -hmm. of that episode, I raised a couple of Cornish cross hens last year. I didn't end up raising any this year, but, you know, my experience with actually raising them myself, I kind of learned that I don't know that there's a whole lot like we can do to improve those chickens lives just because of their you know, traits that they yeah. have, like they're not genetically modified, but they were specifically bred to have like breasts and thighs for days. Yeah. Which makes them super inefficient, just like in their scratching and pecking and normal chicken stuff. So they end up being sort of Franken chickens by the end because like their feathers are all ugly. They sit in their own poop all day. They won't forage even if you give them the opportunity for to forage or at least mine didn't. Um, mm. But yeah, because you had them in the chicken tractor. I did, like out on a pasture. <laughs> so people that are all like up in arms that these chickens that are going to be meat chickens aren't free range. Those chickens, if they're Cornish Cross, they could give a flying you know what if they're outside or not. Yeah. Yes, they should have a well-ventilated area. Yes, they should be in enough space where they're not pecking each other. But at the same time, I think there is like you have to strike a balance between letting them go outside and a predator picking them off versus just letting them stay inside but in a, a more like hygienic uh area I guess because yeah you don't I mean you said it yourself they were sitting in their own poop yeah <laughs> and they like, had options <laughs> I think I'd be happy if they were just given like some sunshine like they don't have to be given free range time oh like, yeah if they have opportunity for sunshine and fresh air and the option to get up and like move around if they chose to because I think part of like my animal welfare mindset is sort of like I like to give animals options for what they want to mm. do and when those are taken away that's when I sort of feel like it might be crossing a line into not being like as humane as it could be yeah that makes sense and I think if people just have a problem with the Cornish cross breed themselves then don't buy chicken where you know that's what the company grows and grow your own or get it from like the local farmer's market or the Amish or something else because you have other options out there. It's just going to be a little trickier to get than the mass produced ones you get from like a major chicken 
company. Yeah, and I think I am going to try Freedom Rangers one of these days. I just didn't get around to it this year. <laughs> yeah, I think we're going to try those two ourselves sometime soon. Um, because I, I hear they taste better, too. So that's another reason why I want to try those. Yeah, and then the last thing that really that I was reminded of by revisiting this um, was about the Milk Money episode. Mm-hmm. And... um. I still prefer to drink raw milk personally, um, but that's just because I have easy access to it. And um, I'm one of those weird people that can taste like ultra pasteurized milk. Mm. And I have another friend that can too. So I don't think I'm totally crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I did think I was a little crazy at first because like when I compared them side by side, I was like, ew, I don't like the way this ultra pasteurized milk tastes. But I'm also not a huge milk drinker. I cook with it a lot. I always keep it on hand and I love cereal. So I like milk and cereal, but um, I learned that uh, most of the milk that's available in like big chain grocery stores is local for most people. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to go hunt out a farmer and get raw milk in order to get local dairy. Right. So I wanted to share that because I learned that. Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I just thought that all the dairy at the grocery store was from like a mega dairy. No. (laughs) No, and and the scary thing is that yeah, it is your local farms, and yeah, the prices are that low. Yeah, and if you think a gallon of milk is expensive, you should really think what it goes into, like what goes into producing that gallon of milk, because it's a lot. Like farmer dairy farmers are suffering because of those prices, and they haven't gone up. So, and compared to the price of almond milk, it's cheap. <laughs> <laughs> And almond milk, again, doesn't even have nipples. You don't have to feed all the almond milk. I mean, you got to water it, I guess, and process it. But it's a completely different ballgame. So, and the last thing we wanted to talk about uh, briefly in this episode was that we came across a really cool article that kind of broke down season one of Rotten. And it was written by a food scientist. So I thought that their thoughts on it were interesting. Yeah, and I like that he kind of put himself in the seat of a consumer here, too. And it was kind of like, well, crap, what do I eat now after watching the document? Because it's six episodes and they kind of go over some pretty like major food groups or, you know, things that people eat at least some of the time. Like you might have it in your fridge, you might have it in your cabinets and you're like, holy crap, what have I been buying this whole time? So I liked that he put himself in that seat and then he kind of went back to the food scientist seat and said that, you know, this is interesting. And like he really dug into why he was feeling the way he was feeling after he watched that. Yeah, it's good to know, like, it's good to recognize the psychology behind these documentaries because they are made to make you feel a certain way. Yes, exactly. Because the things that I remember, the things that Bev remembers are linked to emotional experiences we have. She has a lot of rage towards almond milk. Unexplainable rage. <laughs> yeah. And I have rage toward, toward you know, China count, making like weird ass honey and making their prisoners peel garlic with their teeth. So a lot of those are rage driven. <laughs> and it's easy to get passionate when you're emotional about things. And sometimes it's hard to come back down to earth and like really think through like the whole spectrum of things. Like maybe it's not just China making people peel garlic. It could be other countries too. 
So instead of demonizing, um, you know, a particular country or a particular, like, group of people, I think you kind of need to look at it from, like, a more, like, a thousand foot up viewpoint of the actual cause of the issue. Like, why is it being allowed? Period. Well, and I think something else, too, to keep in mind is that a lot of the food in your grocery store is indeed from American farmers. Like, there's some stuff that's not, and usually the packaging will tell you whether or not it's come from America or not. But, you know, you can read labels and support local farmers. Yeah, really watch it in the fresh fish aisle, because none of that is probably from America. And it says it's never frozen. So how is it still good? (laughs) (laughs) That's a good question. I wonder if they do something to it that's not, not, not like freezing it for real but it I kind of you is they load it up with salt oh uh, i mean i don't know i've bought fresh fish from the grocery store and i don't remember it being salty but i'm wondering if there's like a technicality you know like they put it in some sort of like cryogenic chamber but that's not considered quote unquote freezing it <laughs> uh, either way <laughs> i'm this- totally speculating there i just totally made someone that up. <laughs> correct us <laughs> all right but i also like that he pointed out that you know he he pointed out like the true crime feel of it all and that the episode titles are aggressive <laughs> yeah <laughs> aggressive is a good word for that <laughs> yes and he said that an example of like how like emotional this is and how kind of aggressive it is is the narrator compares dilution of honey to a ploy that is straight out of the drug dealer's playbook. Honey, drug dealing. Logical conclusion there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And they also compared the garlic business to running what resembles a cartel. <laughs> yeah. And we said there, you know, there was a codfather, too. Remember that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, like, some of the episode's names were Lawyers, Guns, and Honey, Big Bird, Milk Money, The Peanut Problem, Garlic Breath, and Cod is Dead. So, they are pretty clever titles. I appreciate them because they're kind of punny. Yeah, and the words that they choose to use are powerful words. So Mm -hmm. they're designed to elicit an emotion from you before you even start. Right. But the overall, like, vibe of this article and his take-home message is that, you know, it's important to do your own investigating and your own educating of yourself on hot topics before you take a stance Um, And that food fraud and corruption is a large problem and has sparked the evolution of the evil entity uh, known as big food. So, like we've talked about in other things, like big doesn't necessarily mean bad. And it's super easy to just generalize that a really well-known company is evil because they're big, therefore they must be bad. So I like that he pointed out that Yep, you should definitely watch this. It's important to watch. You're probably going to want to yell at the TV and you're going to be shocked, but you need to balance it out and kind of come back down to earth. Yeah, and I like how he confirmed that it is a pretty well-researched series. So if you're looking for just facts, the facts are there. But 
they're mixed in with a very emotional story designed to make you attach to certain facts. So, yeah. So that's a really fun article that you can go read. We highly encourage you to do that. If you haven't watched season one yet, go do that. And we really hope you watch season two with us. And Bev, are we going to go in order of the episodes? I think we probably should just for ease for the listeners. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. So make sure to keep an ear out for us to drop our first mini-sode. And it looks like we'll be talking about avocados first. And you'll probably hear that by like mid-October. So once that's available, make sure you add it to your queue. And we'll try to say like on a regular episode, like when you should for sure watch that because the mini-sode's going to talk about it. Yeah, sometimes we don't know exactly when we're going to record the mini-sodes. Yeah. We just kind of squeeze these in. Or you can always like, come listen to us talk about it and then go watch the episode and think about how much we're full of crap or that you agree with us. (laughs) Well, I think it's important to remember that when we're discussing these things, we can only draw from our current experiences Mm -hmm. when we're thinking about them. But I like to think of our conversations as a jumping off point to continue the conversation. I'm trying really hard personally not to just jump to my safe, comfortable, preconceived idea of what something is. It's uh, It's been a bit of a challenge. <laughs> and I think anybody that's done that would agree. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try to keep that in mind as we listen to these or watch these new ones and and record these new episodes. Cool. Yes, I agree. We are excited and we can't wait to hear what you think. So make sure you join our Facebook group. We drink and we farm things over on the Facebook um, because I'm sure there'll be conversation popping up over there. So if you want to be a part of that and you're not already in the group, make sure you go do that. Yeah. And we're trying something new this uh, podcast season. I was going to say year, but that sounds weird. (laughs) I mean, my fiscal year is almost up. At work, so I've I've been saying that all the time. <laughs> yeah, mine is also. So that's what I've been saying oh, okay. as well. See, we're coming into we a go. new year, but it's October. Hmm. And people are like, "Are you drunk?" We're like, "Maybe <laughs> depends on how much we've been drinking this episode." <laughs> yeah, but we're gonna be reading our favorite Apple Podcast reviews each week in the regular episodes. This is a mini sode, so we're not doing that this time. But be sure and review the episode in iTunes if you're interested in getting in on that and we have a really easy way to review the podcast even if you don't own an apple product just download itunes to your regular old laptop or desktop if you still own one of those yeah and we'll take all the reviews that we read on the episodes at the end of the month put them in a hat draw a name and that person is gonna win exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop So make sure when you leave that review, you put like your full name or your Instagram handle in the review so we can find you. Yeah. And trust me, you want to win this cup. It's so cute. Oh my God. (laughs) I've been tempted to like put it on our story so people can see it because it's so cute. And I just got the new vinyl that you sent me to make them even cuter. So I'm so pumped. Oh, see, and part of me really just wants somebody to get surprised with it and freak yeah. out so much that they like post all over social media so yeah. i don't know i'm torn we'll see we'll see 
you just want to leave a review so you win and you don't have to wait for us to decide what we're doing. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be sure and hit that subscribe button and download the episode when you listen because this helps more people like you find us. Yes. And do us a favor and share this episode over on Instagram in your stories and tag drink and farm. And we'll send you a promo code just for that episode. So you'll be able to buy some stuff in our merch shop at a percentage off. And make sure you look at the show notes and you'll find links to the old episodes, the trailer for the new season and the really cool article that we discussed. Yeah. And that's it, you guys. Thank you for listening to us today. And we hope you're just as excited as we are for this next Miniso journey. Yeah. And until next time, drink, farm, and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things.